Welcome to the Peter Lag Podcast, where you're empowered to lead, inspire, and influence. Now, here's your host and mentor, best-selling author, internationally acclaimed speaker, and community leader, Dr. Peter Legg. Good afternoon. It's Peter Legg here. And uh, this afternoon, I'm going to talk to Shauna Harper, who is the CEO of WeBC. And uh, they help women in business. Uh, all kinds of things, and we're going to talk to the CEO and then tell us more about that. Shana, welcome. Good to have you here. Thank you for having me, Peter. Hmm. I should have asked you, where, where are you located in BC right now? Yeah, our head office, um, I'm in Kelowna. Uh, we okay. serve throughout the whole province. Um, we have ambassadors throughout the province, but uh, our head office and our location was strategically placed in uh, Kelowna 28 years ago. Wow. Hmm. So you're you're in Kelowna as we speak now. What's the weather like up there today? It's sunny and uh, spring is peaking out. We're hoping for summer sometime in the next couple of months. So, well, to tell us about uh, the new directions and the goals and the targets you have for WeBC. Sure. So as I said, you know, WBC is a provincial organization. Um, we are here to serve women entrepreneurs to help them start and grow businesses throughout BC. Uh, and we are federally funded. So it started 28 years ago. Um, we were given a loan fund specifically to invest in women entrepreneurs to in order to help women get loans um, easier than going into financial institutions when they were turned down from financial institutions. And, and so we're funded by um, Pacific Can, uh, which is a federal arm, is an arm of the federal gov Canadian government. And um, our goal really right now is to make sure that um, we support women in where they're at in their business. So whether it's at the startup phase, whether it is at the growth phase, and we hand them over to connect them to partners. Um, what I say to our partners is, um, you know, we're not here to be everything to every single woman entrepreneur. We're here to connect women entrepreneurs to all of the different resources that are currently available to support them to um, to grow and start their businesses. But what what uh, half a dozen things are you really looking for when a woman comes to you with an idea yeah. uh, that that say, yes, I want to support that. I will support that versus no, I'm not going to do that or we're not going to do that. Yeah. So, I mean, that would be more specific um, to our loan program, I guess you would say. So our loan program was designed to be able to support women. We're a development fund. So we support businesses in loans that um, are harder to fund, I guess, in traditional financial institutions. Um, and it's because oftentimes, you know, women might come to us and they have low beacon score. They have um, no credit because they're either gone through a divorce or they're new um, newcomers or they potentially just don't have credit, they never built it. And that's something that um, we actually loan on viability. So we can loan up to 150,000 uh, mm -hmm. and then anything above that, we can partner with other organizations like the BDC, like Futurepreneur, um, other credit unions even to be able to, to loan more um, and convince our partners to also um, that we've worked with the women entrepreneur on their business plan, um, making sure their cash flow works, making sure that um, they've taken a look at kind of what are some of the obstacles in their businesses and put that into not just 
in their heart, they believe it's going to work, but on paper, it's going to work. Mm-hmm. And in, in real life, it's going to work. And so this is a way that we support women entrepreneurs. Um, not everyone comes to us for loans. Some people come in just to say, I want to start a business. I don't know how. Um, we run courses that uh, teach women kind of how to start their businesses, all the way up to then the growth and to the point where they need to um, leverage funds. And oftentimes what happens is um, um, we've, we've done a lot of data collecting about um, women entrepreneurs. And we found that women entrepreneurs, it's not that they don't need money to start a business. I think everyone needs it either to prototype or buy inventory, but they're more likely to go into their lines of credit, into their credit cards, into their savings, um, and not as likely to leverage other people's money. And so, which means that they grow slower. And so having a development loan fund, we're able to teach women, how do you go to an institution or how do you present your business to show that there it, it is viable, um, not just in your heart, but on paper. Uh, and from there, if you can loan from us 50,000 or 150,000 later when your business grows and you need 500,000 or a million, you know how to present your numbers, you know how to look at your financials to turn around and grow. And then, as we started to do our loan fund 28 years ago, what we realized would make it businesses more successful is that we would also support them in what we call skills development. So the education part of it, how can they look at their marketing, their HR, their um, finances for sure, their operations. And so we offer courses, workshops, um, and programs to help develop the educational knowledge around growing a business. Uh, and then the part I, I think I'm most passionate about, we just celebrated our 15 year is our mentorship program. And that's connecting um, our women entrepreneurs that come to us with other women entrepreneur volunteers, volunteers. that have um, um, and have, uh, have grown their business. So. Have you been with the organization for 15 years? I haven't. No, I, I've been with it 15 years as a volunteer, as an entrepreneur. I'm one of the um, stories, I guess you would say. And then a year ago, I stepped into the CEO position when the opportunity came up because I was I'm so passionate about supporting women entrepreneurs. Um, but I am one of the entrepreneurs that WBC has supported. So I've been an entrepreneur for 22 years. Um uh, 13 years ago, I moved up to the north from Vancouver, uh, from Vancouver to Prince George, and there I didn't really have a community around there. And I reached out to uh, what we used to be called Women's Enterprise and offered to volunteer as a one-on-one mentor. Um, I have since developed my leadership voice more, but back then um, I was I, I was I guess more shy, but less confident, really. And I took a program, a mentorship program through WBC called Taking the Stage. And I developed my leadership voice, my presence on stage, um, and gained the confidence to then lead peer mentoring groups, which helped me also grow my business, which at the time was a communications business. Um, and over the years, I continued to volunteer with WBC. I then got some contracts from them as a facilitator to lead other workshops around um uh, economic development and how women could contribute to the economy um, if we made sure there was gender equity and there was uh, conversations around um, how can we get more women on boards, more women in owning businesses, more women in uh, contributing to the BC economy. And so through there, my business kind of transferred a bit because I developed my voice. I was no longer just doing communications um, for companies. I focused specifically on um 
I would call it, um, I guess, into, I'm trying to think of the word, uh, nonprofits and and more um, making a difference. Like I worked with nonprofits specifically because I have this, you know, sense in me that wants to contribute to more than just the bottom line, but also to the greater social good. And I felt that supporting nonprofits was a way to do this. And so my business transferred to helping with communications and marketing and operations in nonprofits. So I gained a lot of skills that way. And um, WeBC really was a big part of that. And I, I say this to our staff all the time that when we look at our numbers, it isn't just about you help one business, you help one person, um, or you help one person, you help one business. Oftentimes when we help one person, we help their business, but it can ripple into so much more. Um, I volunteer to then mentor groups of eight women to mentoring one-on-one -on -one, to then organically mentoring people that weren't a part of the program um, and continue to contribute um, in ways that um, were so much bigger than just my single business. So, Has there been a business come to you or business idea come to you uh, that you were um... Uh, skeptical of, but you went ahead with it anyway. And at the end of the day, you were so pleased you went ahead with it. It's not so much, I would say skeptical, but more when other financial institutions won't necessarily invest in them. And for us to take a look at how can we make sure the business is viable. Um, and so, for example, if it's, you know, businesses are, have hard time getting funding, especially if they are um, don't have that first year track record. And so if you went to a regular financial institution, the banks would be like, you don't have any track record and you don't have enough invested in it, not enough equity in the business. And so what we do is we turn around and say to the business, okay, you need some equity in your business to get more than the 50,000 that we give when you don't have any equity. We will loan this to you because we need your, we want to get you, your business is viable. There's the, the place that you're going to open up the restaurant, let's say there's a lot of traffic or the place that you're going to open the bakery, there's a lot of traffic. We've worked out kind of the expenses that you have, how many you need to sell, what you need to market. This business is viable. There's a market for it. Um, and we've done it too, especially with, um, there's a lot of specialty, especially in the lower mainland, like gluten-free bakeries or um, special vegan type bakeries that might have a hard time getting funding initially from financial institutions. And so those ones, it's not so much that we're skeptical. Um, we, we feel like we're taking a calculated risk uh, and our repayment rate shows it. We, our repayment uh, rate is 96%. We have a very, very low default rate in our loans um, because we're not just investing in the single entrepreneur, we're connecting them to a community of women that can also support them. So if the business should not, for example, fruit to what we believe, they have a community that helps them think, how can we pivot? So maybe this type of product didn't work, but you still have the storefront. What can you pivot to so that you're still able to pay off the loan and still have a successful business? And so I think I wouldn't say necessarily skeptical and we take a giant leap into the unknown and then hope it works and cross our fingers, close our eyes. It's a calculated risk. You know, we work, our business advisors um, are skilled in working with um, the businesses to make sure that they've thought of all the different angles. You know, um, if you're a solopreneur, you've opened up a business, what happens if you're sick? What happens if your kids are sick? Who's going to step in? Those are the types of things that we help 
businesses think through because our advisors have that experience of certain loans that might have defaulted because of that reason. Um, so. So we don't like to use the word skeptical in uh, in a, in loaning government money, but uh, yeah. <laughs> you got to be cautious, but yeah. you want to be entrepreneurial about it, right? Absolutely. And I think that's the piece that um, when you look at the different, you know, especially over COVID, the pandemic, um, we had entrepreneurs come to us. There's one local business here, um, uh, Rustic Real, and she opened a, a brewery just when the pandemic started. And so one of the incredible things about entrepreneurs, and I think you would know this yourself uh, with your history and in business as well, is you have to be able to move with the times and pivot and change things. And so she opened up a brewery and had to then include food and had to then include takeout. And then all of these other pieces where um, when you have the fire under your feet, having the community around you to help you brainstorm ideas and be like, is this a crazy idea to think that, you know, I wanted to do a brewery, but now I'm going to have to do food as well. I didn't want to do restaurant. How do I do that? Well, let's connect you to some restaurant owners so that you can try to pivot your idea to be able to support you through these next couple of months. Now, Rustic Real isn't just a brewery. They are a brewery and a restaurant. And, and she's continuously been able to uh, reinvent herself and have new um, streams of income to be able to sustain herself um, because she the pandemic forced her to really changed the idea that she had initially, which was, I'm just going to open a brewery. I want to, you know, brew beer. I'm, I'm going to get it into liquor stores. I'm going to get it into restaurants. That's all I'm going to do. And now it's a full restaurant she owns. So. You must have a million and one ideas of people coming to you with their ideas. How do you decide to go ahead with these three, but these two were not going to uh, approve? Yeah. So, um, I find that ideas are, um, especially if you've been in the startup space or the entrepreneurial ecosystem, you'll see that there's so many ideas, but it's often the entrepreneur you're also investing in um, and how they they manage to um, frame that idea and their passion behind and their commitment and their dedication and their hard work. And so you think of some, you know, there's um, different businesses, for example, um, oh, I'm trying to think of the name of the, the, of course, now that I'm getting interviewed, I can't think of a specific business that, you know, um, Chewies, the, the, the company that dehydrates fruit, you know, there's been dehydrated fruit for a long time, but the way she packages it, the way she markets it, it's not a brand new idea, but it's a brand new way of packaging it and the way she offers it to the different stores. And so, it isn't so much that there's so there's only a few ideas. Once you get into the entrepreneurial space, you realize there's tons of ideas, but how it's executed and how it's planned. And then the momentum of the business is something that um, is a part of it as well. You know, timing uh, and being able to hire the right staff at the right time, get in front of, you know, the larger Costco's and the other stores and all those other pieces. It's all, there's a bit of momentum and, you know, some people call it the magic, uh, but I, I really think um, it's kind of when opportunity meets preparation um, that 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 then fruits to, you know, what looks like good luck, but really good luck in 15 years of <laughs> business planning and ideas and pivoting and trying to get investors on board and all of those other pieces. So uh, it sounds to me like nobody bats 100 percent. 
and I'm I'm not uh, critical of what what you may have done that hasn't worked. Yeah. But has there come a time when you're close to making a deal? You don't want to make this deal. You're not sure about it, but you do make it, and it's infinitely more successful than you ever dreamed it would be. Um. Yeah, I think. Um especially through the pandemic, you know, people were cautious. There was the ones that were just trying to stay afloat um, because they already had their business. But I got to say the ones that started their business during the pandemic, I was like, wow, the courage. <laughs> well, you know, to, to strike when the world looked, you know, a bit um, not as optimistic as it would be every single day. And so those types of businesses, um, there's definitely um, for them to invest in a time that everyone else was pulling back to me was something that um, I, I, and then for them to turn around and be extremely successful because the timing of it. So for example, you know, the companies that might've started the um, um, delivery of pharmaceutical, you know, they called up the shoppers and said, People aren't allowed out of their homes, but I want to do delivery for seniors that can't get out of their homes, don't want to go out and want to deliver um, um, the pharmaceutical um, prescriptions. And then, you know, the way grocery delivery happened and how restaurants were able to get in their wholesale foods and they packaged their goods then into make at home dinners and they would shoot a video and put it onto Facebook. And then they would ship out these local packages that were dinners. You know, those are things that were um, substantially successful when it wasn't an idea before. And it would have been something that, you know, some businesses did really well over the pandemic and, and it wasn't anticipated. You know, definitely people suffered, you know, a lot of the people in tourism, a lot of the people in different service businesses would have suffered. Um, but there were also some really creative people that did really well. What opportunities are there out there for people that they could come to you, WBC, that you would look favorable on their application? Um. I think for for them to participate in, you know, the, the beginning part stages of our, you know, we have a start your business um, um, information session that has them to make sure that their business is started and they've they've got, um, you know, the the, the right um, legal stuff in place and their name is in place and all those and their idea has been a bit tested. Definitely testing their, you know not just with friends and family, but surveying people, um, doing what we call market analysis, how to do a bit of that research. And we have a lot of resources. If if someone is listening to this and being like, well, what does she mean by surveying people? What does she mean by research or beta testing? If you go onto our website, um, we will um, have a lot of content on how do you do the research so that you can ensure that your, your, when you say that your business, there's customers for your business, it isn't just that you and your family love to buy from you, but more than just that, um, that's something that helps to make um, a loan application more favorable, like they've tested their products before. The other side is that they've taken a look and um, seen what else is there that might be, you know, have they thought of the, the scenario I first gave when we were first talking about um if they are a solopreneur, which oftentimes the women that come to us initially start and they're, you know, one or two people in their business, what happens if someone gets sick? You know, have you thought of a contingency plan? What if your supplier can't deliver? What is the contingency plan there? Um, how do you, how are other ways that you can pay for your overhead? It isn't just purchasing the, 
products and then selling it, not everything sells. And what's the turnaround? How long does it take to get it out there? Um, and what are some, your demographic, you know, do you know your, the, the person that is the perfect ideal customer that you can market to? And then what else or what other markets can you market to? And having some of that thinking behind it prior to um, coming to us um, with your business ideas. And we do offer that, what we call skills development, you know, the education on how do women think about their businesses that way. And, and men can join the courses as well. Um, it's mainly in our loan program, in our mentorship program that we're gendered lens. Um, and we also have our other partners out there like Small Business BC, um, like the Community Futures throughout the province that also offer content. There's a lot of support for small businesses um, for them to learn the information, but it needs to be applied. You know, it's one thing to learn it, um, but you need to be the one that takes the information you've learned and now takes the idea and merges it together and then says, okay, now that I've done this, I need funding or I need more support or I need... Um, um, some uh, a mentor to help me see what's next uh, and so for you to be able to really advocate for your idea and really be able to say not just share your idea because not every single person is a customer but be able to share it in a way that it makes it a good business case we need to invest in viable businesses so how long have you been in the organization only a year. I've, I've been in the CEO position a year, um, but I've been an entrepreneur for 22 years. So I really am the customer. <laughs> and then um, in the last 15 years, I have volunteered for the organization uh, as a mentor and as a facilitator uh, and also as an advocate to the both the provincial and federal government around um, increased support for women entrepreneurs specifically. Uh, and so I'm new to the CEO role, but not new to the ecosystem. You have a latest program that uh, is available. Yeah. So um, currently right now we have our discovery um, program that is specifically for women that have um, tech enabled businesses. So that could be, you are a tech business or you have a shopping cart business or a, you know, online store. Um, we've gotten a great partnership with the Discovery Foundation that has a combination of both um, uh, skills courses that develop the leadership voice of the women entrepreneurs that join the group, as well as a mentorship um, um, group that is then uh, a part of the program as well. And so that's the current one that we're um, uh, definitely have on our website and we're pushing out. But we're always taking intakes um, throughout the year. So if we don't have a mentorship program right now, you can always sign up for the wait list. Um, and we also always, you know, um, throughout the whole year are taking applications for loans. Um, I was saying in the beginning, we do loans for up to 150,000 um, uh, and can partner if you do need more than that uh, and can uh, advise women to, um, we have the, our, I guess our, we're connectors as much as we are the ones that do the work. If we don't have the fit here, um, we'd love to be able to connect you with one of our, you know, 55 and growing partners that we have throughout the province that we can connect you with. You're very infectious uh, when someone gets to interview you. Oh, you. That, where do you think that comes from? Um, I'm really passionate about what we do here. Um, this isn't just a job for me. This is um, a, really a life um, dream job, really, that I get to work with women entrepreneurs. For me, you know, talking about their business and their ideas, you know, when you empower women entrepreneurs 
it's not just you help one person. Um, you you really women end up trickling into their communities, into their families. Um, and so when a woman gets super excited about their business, I get super excited. And so for me, you're you're empowering so much more. You're empowering their, our entire economy when you support women entrepreneurs. So, Well, let's end it on that. Uh, Shana, I, I've thoroughly enjoyed this interview with you. You're very eloquent. Uh, you know exactly what you're talking about. And uh, uh, it's very understandable. So thank you so much for being with us this afternoon. I, I much appreciate that. Thank you so much, Peter. I hope people visit our website. We're under, you can Google us at WeBC or you can go to we-bc.ca. Um, we serve all of BC, but we do have programming that will be rolling out throughout our partner, through with our partners throughout Canada. We just got a round of funding from uh, the federal government to support more um, growth entrepreneurs in the uh, women's entrepreneurial space. So definitely check out our website and, and hopefully we can uh, help connect you to our incredible community and the services um, that we can offer. Thanks. Thank you, Shannon. Thank you. Appreciate your time very much. You're welcome. Thank you.